You know, a few words kind of bring about more emotions in the English language than the four-letter word, home. Say that word to someone whose parents neglected them or abused them. Brace yourself because you're in for a long conversation. Say that to a single person who has longed to become married and to have children that are around them, but it never kind of worked out for them. Be prepared to hear a story about dashed dreams. Say the word home to any of the 40,000 veterans who will go to sleep tonight on a street somewhere or in a shelter because they're homeless. And what you'll hear is pain and a story of abandonment. Say that to any of the 70,000 refugees who, because of conflict or persecution or war, no longer have a place that is their home, and you will see nothing but sadness and tears and sobs. Say the word home to someone who has lost their spouse or parent or loved one during this year, and they're celebrating Christmas for the first time, and be prepared to see grief that is hard to fathom. And yet, the crazy thing about that four-letter word home is that on the other side, there are some people who grew up in homes that were filled with joy. And there were parents that, for the most part, were pretty healthy and siblings that were somewhat sane, okay? And you better have some time then to have stories that are told that are filled with joy and wonder and excitement of growing up in a home like that. The truth today that despite the health of the home that you grew up in, we all know deep down what a home should look like and what a home could look like. And everybody in this place has this understanding that there is potential for each of us to experience the heart of the word home. Because God made sure that that word home was printed and tattooed on each of our hearts. Home, that place where you feel like there is a deep sense of belonging. That everyone is welcomed and a part of it and you feel safe and protected in this world. Home, where there are irrational kind of amounts of love that are stored into a person's heart and acceptance that flows. And when you mess up, you're quickly forgiven in that place. Home, a place where everyone is for you, no matter what goes on in your circumstances or experience or situation in life. You see, God created each one of us to be able to experience and to understand that we need a home that looks like this. 
Now, my teaching this evening basically is just kind of two different challenges, depending on what kind of home you were raised in. If you were raised in a caring and healthy and loving home, if you were in a home like I'm in right now with my children and my wife and my parents, then what you need to do, your challenge is, is to get on your knees and each day, this is your first fill-in, to thank God every day for the circle of people that make up your home. That if you grew up in a home like that, every day you should wake up with nothing but gratitude and thankfulness. And you ask God then for the courage to continue to create that kind of loving, caring, giving type of home. A home that is filled to the full and that everyone belongs and there's irrational buckets of love that are poured into your life every single day. Being that type of home is one in which some of you have experienced. And if you live in that type of home, I just want to say that you have a treasure that most of the world would long to experience. A treasure that you can pass on now to your next generation. You know, in my view, Christmas is the perfect time of year for you to kind of take a fresh look at thanking God for the circle of people who are in and around your home. Also, in my view, Christmas is the perfect time in which everyone in the home should actually rededicate themselves and say, I'm going to do whatever I can this time and throughout the next new year to be able to give words of love and kindness and goodness and to create unity within our home. Now, for others of you, truth be told, you're not experiencing that kind of home life today. It may have been there at one time, but the last few weeks or months or years, there has been friction and tension. But I think Christmas is the perfect time that if there's any brokenness that is happening in your home, that it's a perfect time for you to be the first one to walk up to whoever it is and to say, I'm sorry. And Mother Teresa said something very interesting. She said, in any conflict or situation that you have, if you're only responsible for 1% of the issue, be the first one that actually walks and confesses or apologizes for that 1%. This is the perfect time for you to actually reconcile and for you to be able to say to the person, can we try again? I don't know why it is, but one of the things that happens here in the jar is that there are many times in which uh, it's this time of year in which marriages and relationships and families are actually reconciled. Someone just steps up and says, let's stop the fighting. Let's just end it and I'll do my part. Can you give me another chance? Can we have another go? Can we move on from here? Can we actually move forward? Let me just say this, that if your home is broken in any way, this is the challenge for you. 
Ask God to give you wisdom on how to heal any brokenness in your home. That if that's the home you're in, it doesn't have to stay that way. You can pray through that and actually see healing take place. Folks, let me just say that reconciliation and healing is exactly what Christmas was about as God left heaven and he came to earth. And I'm not beyond pleading this evening to say, why don't you be the first person, the first one to take the step forward? Why don't you be the first person who actually extends the hand? Why don't you be the first person to actually say you're sorry and say, let's try again? And just see what God would do If you took the very first step, God might actually surprise some of you. You know, in Luke chapter 2, we're given the story of the birth of Christ as an angel came and said these words. Do not be afraid. That's one of the reasons why many of us never try reconciliation in our families because we're afraid. We're fearful. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now this great joy that God brought to the earth, how many people was it for? How many? Just in case you didn't see it, here's the word, okay? It was for All the people, everybody, whoever it was, everyone in the human race, single or married, orphaned or widowed, homeowners or the homeless, citizens or refugees, it doesn't matter. It was for all the people. Now, what was this universal good news exactly? That the Christ child... The one who was born in that stable was going to grow up and make it a possibility for anyone and everyone to actually be able to come home. To have a home. To have a relationship with the God of the universe. Because of the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself, The door has been swung wide open so that even the least deserving among us in this auditorium today can be reconciled to God and you can be welcomed home. I know this is difficult for some of you who are yawning and ready to go to sleep because the reality is you might be kind of skeptical and you're like, the only reason I came is because they forced me to come. But I don't believe all this Jesus stuff, and I'm not so sure about it. But I want you to know it's true nonetheless. You can feel a deep sense of belonging to God. You can actually feel irrational kind of buckets of love from heaven into your heart. I've experienced it many, many times. In my life, you can feel unconditional acceptance and total forgiveness. 
coming from heaven to earth. And you can feel the powerful sense that God is both with us and for us as we navigate the challenges of our daily lives. In a very real way, folks, all of us, every single one of us, can experience in a very rich way the amazing love and relationship with God. One day Jesus wanted to get this point across, and so he invited all of his listeners to listen to maybe one of the most powerful stories in the entire New Testament, the second half of the Bible. He tells a story about a headstrong young man who came up to his dad and said, You know what, Dad? You're not dead, but I kind of wish you were. Because if you were dead, I would get my inheritance, but since you're not... You're dead to me. I want to receive my inheritance now. And the father was stunned, but he loved the son, and so he gave him his inheritance. And he walked out the back door, and his pockets were bulging with bags of money as he went into this new life. And the son was just convinced that whatever was in the big city was so much better than the lousy home that he had been raised in. When he gets to the big city, he tries anything and everything that he can. But slowly over time, he starts getting this sickening feeling in the pit of his stomach that maybe no amount of partying, maybe no amount of pleasure-seeking is going to address the growing ache of loneliness and emptiness That's in his heart. And Jesus tells this story extremely cleverly. And he comes to the climax, the most emotional part of the story. And these are the words that he gave. He said, one day, the young man, what's it say? Let's say it again. What's it say? Came to his senses. I love that. That he actually came to his senses. I picture this young guy being hungover and hungry, and all of a sudden, he's like, man, this isn't quite working for me anymore. And there's this huge admission from this headstrong young man. He's like, more of this really isn't going to make me feel better, and it's not going to get me where I want to go. And then the thought came kind of crashing down into his mind. Home. If I just went back home, I know it's there that I am totally loved. And there will be people that actually listen to me. And I was valued and I had a deep sense of belonging and acceptance back home. And then he comes up with an idea. He says, that's what I'll do. I'll actually just choose to go home. I will swallow my pride and go home. And so he does. And this is how the story ends. His father meets him at the end of the driveway. The son isn't sure whether or not he'll be received or accepted at all. But the father runs out and he grabs him and he hugs him and he kisses him and he puts his arm around his shoulder and he invites him back to the home and he throws this gigantic party for him. And then Jesus 
stops at the end of the story as the party's going on. And he ends the story and he says to each one of them, how many of you would like to go home? How many of you would like to be welcomed back by the Father? He simply asks, why don't you evaluate your life, where you're at right now? Is it working? Does your heart feel full? Is it really taking you where you want to go right now? Or is it time for you to come to your senses? And Jesus is asking, if you, the person sitting in your chair, have you come to your senses? Would you be willing to come to your senses and come to the Father? Is it time for you to come home? Can you come to your senses this Christmas? Can you swallow your pride this Christmas? Can you believe that whatever it is that God has waiting on you is better than what you have right now? Well, if you do, God promises that he will receive you. He says, I'll open my arms up wide and receive you. And check this out. Exactly the way you are. And then he says one step further. He says, not only will I receive you, but he says, I'll adopt you into my family. And the scripture says this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Yesterday I was invited by a couple in our church to come and to pray with them at the Madison County Courthouse. Now, the reason I went to pray with them was not because they were going to jail, okay? Although I have prayed for people with that before. Uh, the reason I went to the Madison County Courthouse was not because they were getting a divorce, although I've prayed for that before. But instead, the reason that I went there is because this young couple was adopting two children, Miles and Kylie. Kylie is five years old and Miles is four, and their entire life they have spent in the foster care system. They lived their whole life never knowing that there was a home. And Bryce and Whitney started fostering them, and then over time their parents' behavior got worse and worse, and the court stepped in and terminated the rights of the parents. And Kylie and Miles have been with Bryce and Whitney as foster kids for the last 14 months. However, during this time, Kylie and Miles never felt like that was their home. Because the only thing that they knew is that every time they got attached or connected to a house, they would move to another house and then another house and another house and another house. In fact, they knew they weren't part of the family because any time that they would take a picture of the family, their two kids, who are great kids, Austin and Bella, their face would be shown. But because of the courts, they would have to block out the face of the other two young kids. Well, a week ago, it was decided that Kylie 
and Miles could be adopted and that they could go home to a mommy and a daddy who would be with them forever. When Bryce and Whitney sat down and they were sharing to both Miles and to Kylie what adoption looked like, Kylie was all smiles and excited. But Miles was very reserved and very quiet. Finally, after not saying much, he said this. Does this mean that I'm never going to have to go to another house again? And his dad-to-be, Bryce, looked at him and said, that's exactly what it means. And then Miles said, oh, great. That sounds real good. Okay, that sounds real good. And Kyle's. Uh, And Kylie and Miles have spent 1,163 days in foster care where they never had a home. But yesterday, they were adopted. And you can see how many days they never had a place to call home. And Bryce and Whitney are so excited, and they actually were able to receive a Christmas present from both of them. And uh, they got these big bags, and they put both of the kids in, and that's their other two kids, Bella and Austin. And all of a sudden now, this family of four is a family of six, And when the judge kind of ordered the approval that this would be their two kids, both of the kids said, yes. And then the entire courtroom exploded with joy and celebration because they had found a home. And folks, they're no longer going to ever have to go house to house but they have been adopted into a home. And it may have taken a little while, and the long road may have been there to get home, but now the door is wide open for them to be welcomed home. And my question for each one of you, do you know if you're home? Would you be willing to come back home? Is there something within you on Christmas 2019 that Jesus' hands are stretched out and he's saying, is it time for you to come home? No questions asked, no behavioral litmus test that you have to pass, but you get to come home. He'll receive you just as you are and he adopts you into his family. Now, one little side note, if you're waiting for God to come to you and get you in a headlock and like drag you into a relationship with him, guess what? It will never happen because he respects you too much, your individuality, and it's your choice. It's your choice.
And so my question for you as we close out is, is it time for you to come home? So this is how we're going to close. I'm going to share a prayer and I'll invite anyone that would like to pray part of this with me. And then we're going to celebrate and stand and sing Silent Night and we'll be done. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for sending your one and only son from heaven to earth to show us that all people are welcome to come home into a relationship with you. Some of you are here and you have already come home. You have given your life to Christ and you have experienced the sense of belonging and acceptance and love and knowing that God is with you and for you always. And right now is the time for you to simply give thanks to God for the irrational love that you feel. Thank Him for the forgiveness of all of your sins, your past, your present, your future. And if you're already at home with Him, just take a moment to worship God and to give Him thanks that you're home. For others of you, maybe you're home, but there's brokenness in your home. And my challenge is that you not just ignore what that is, but you would do your best to reconcile and be the first one to take a step towards that. Maybe for some of you, you're sitting here and you've actually just kind of fended God off. Maybe for your entire life, you've actually been in the foster care system of this world. You're strong-willed, you're hard-headed. But maybe today or lately, you've been having a prompting of coming to your senses. And there's that feeling like it's time to come home. Maybe some of you were in a relationship with God years ago. And you came to your senses and you received his acceptance, but over time you've drifted away from God. And you're wondering if you can come back home. And God's arms are open wide to receive you. And he's saying to you, absolutely, you can come home today. So if you're ready to come home just as you are and receive his gift of forgiveness and love and to be adopted into his family. If you're ready to say, I want to know you. I want you in my life, Jesus. I want your forgiveness. I want your love. I want your good plan for my life. I want your assurance of heaven. Then I invite you to simply share this prayer with me. In fact, I invite all of us, because we never pray alone, we pray together in unity here at the jar, in community as one. 
But for some of you, this will be your first time that you've said this prayer. For others of you, maybe you're rededicating your life to God today. But I invite you to just repeat after me this prayer. God, thank you for sending Jesus from heaven to earth to welcome me home. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You can please stand. And uh, if you did say that prayer for the first time or you're rededicating, let me just give you a couple coaching tips. First of all, tell somebody. Come up and tell me. Tell somebody that you know. And then secondly, um, actually take this book called the Bible and get into it because it's a love letter. It's not a rule book to beat you down, but it's a love letter to build you up and to say, welcome home. So right now we're going to sing Silent Night, and uh, Caleb and Sierra will lead us in that. So as we're uh, pulling out our phones uh, to be able to do our candlelight cell phone light, just uh, go ahead and do that now. And uh, as we're doing that, let's just... uh, Remember why we have candlelight, why we do cell phone light. It's uh, just to uh, acknowledge that Christ is is the light, light of the way, light of the world, so we can reflect in prayer. So let's just do that now. It's
one of the traditions that we have here at the jar is in the last verse of Silent Night, we encourage people to actually give words of affirmation or love to the people that they came with. Because many times what happens is in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, we have something that we want to say, but we don't. And then the new year comes and then we don't say anything. So we realize that for different families, this is different. For uh, some of you, uh, your kind of warmth is a handshake. For others of you, it's a hug. In my family, my parents start kissing all over my face. Now, I realize for some of you, though, yours isn't like that at all. It's kind of like, hey, I don't hate you as much as I did last year, you know? So I don't know what it is for you, but what I'd like you to do is go ahead with whoever you came to church with that you would give some kind of word of affirmation or act of love to that person. Now, we only have one rule. If you don't know the person, don't touch the person. No stranger danger here, okay? So we're just going to have this kind of one verse to give a hug, a handshake, I love you, whatever it is, with the people that are closest to you that are a part of your home. So let's go ahead and we'll sing this last one. It's Merry Christmas.